0: FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason. Let the adamantium do the talking venable. My adamantium podcasting voice. Of course, this is a flashback episode, and we're going to talk about Sabretooth getting his own miniseries in 1993. This is uh, subtitled Sabretooth Death Hunt. Now, I believe in, like, when you just look it up on anything, really, it's just a Sabretooth miniseries from '93. And this kind of hope looks to expand Sabretooth a little bit as we move him further along his trajectory to being a different type of character a little bit. Um, we'll see how much of that actually gets done in this miniseries. Um, you know, we do answer some questions right out of the gate, which I'm kind of uh, excited to get to, or at least excited to clear up. Um, yeah, man. So, 93, going into 93, right? Obviously we have the uh, the 30th anniversary of the X-Men, and we'll be talking about that. And... a Few episodes um, for our ninth anniversary special uh, with Fatal Attractions. But also, kind of coinciding with that, right, was some expansion of stories, right? Um, not in 93. I think it started towards the end of 92, but the cable miniseries is picking up steam. But we also have a, a handful of miniseries. The cable, of course, is ongoing. It had a two issue miniseries and then kicked off with a new ongoing. Um, that, you know, just carried the, the popularity of that character. But several other popular X Men are going to get miniseries right around the same time of the summer of '93. Um, and that's Gambit will get his own miniseries, which we will definitely talk about on a Gambit's Gumbo special. And then Sabretooth here and Deadpool. Um, so you can kind of see who was ruling the roost <laughs> at the time. Um, Wolverine had it ongoing already, which was, you know, well, with well, just very solidly established at that point. I mean, we're coming up to issue seventy-five, which we'll talk about on fatal attractions, and then Cable's miniseries is doing pretty well. It's on about uh, it's between like five and seven, I think, when we when we're talking about Sabretooth today. And then you know yeah, you, you have Gambit, Deadpool, and Sabretooth, who are all pretty popular. X characters get their own mini series as well. Um, so it's a, it's a pretty exciting time if you were an X fan back in the summer of 93. There's just a lot going on. A lot to compete for your lawn mowing money if you were um, 15-year-old Jason, but you know, otherwise, I mean, a very exciting time if you were able to pick up all the books, because the X corner of the universe for Marvel was definitely expanding, and they were trying some new things and doing some new things. Um, so, the Sabertooth Death Hunt is, I think we may have a couple of changes, so I'll definitely check every issue, but for the most part, it's going to be by Larry Hemma, Time, and Mark Teixeira, who, of course, had done worked with Hama on the Wolverine solo series. Um, In issue one, which is Home is the Hunter, uh, we have letters by Richard Starkings, colors by Steve Bucciolato, and then, of course, is edited by Bob Harris and Tom DeFalco. So, to kick off the first issue, we have a die-cut cover. It's a red cover with a black logo, saber-tooth broken up into two rows. Uh, We have a black vertical banner down the spine right by the spine that has all the uh, information you can want <laughs> the price the issue number saber death hunt ambushed by his past on a quest for his life and then where the die cut is is the o's and tooth are kind of shaped like either fangs or rip marks and the whole thing looks kind of like a bunch of ripped up letters which i think is the, the thing they're going for But the O's are also empty, they're cut out, and you see behind the O's a growling saber-tooth face, and if you open up, you have a double spread interior cover that's black with a painting by Tex of Sabertooth kind of lunging at the reader with his hands out and his claws out. And here his claws are longer, but they're still pretty reasonable. We'll talk about the evolution of his claws in this miniseries. But um, i tell you what, the cover is pretty effective. The die cut works pretty well. But the black cover with saber-tooth jumping out of the shadow is phenomenal. It looks great. Um, There's going to be several different options for what might be the the episode kind of header image. But this is definitely a candidate. So I guess we'll see what I end up picking. But um, yeah, so let's jump into number one. This is pretty cool, guys. So... Connecting Sabretooth's continuity back to Wolverine number 64, Pharaoh Cyborg drops Sabretooth, and that cyborg with a PSI, um, Drop Sabretooth off at a Vancouver mansion where he's attacked by Ninja. Maybe the hand they're red, but they don't really ever say. But anyway, they're seeking the revenge for the death of their master. And I can't, I was trying to remember the last few appearances if Sabretooth specifically fought any hand ninja I, I couldn't think of so i don't know there's just a general like revenge ploy or if it's referring to a specific event and i'm just forgetting about but um anyway uh they're 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 waiting for him and they attack him and bernie his female assistant who's also a mutant and we get the impression he she's been working with Sabretooth for a while but it's our first time to see her um so she cleans him out with a giant machine gun, like 90s-style comic book machine gun, uh, and just and mows the ninja down just really, really efficiently. Um, so Sambertoon tells her he was in a plant pod. Oh, that's what happened at the end of Wolverine 64. And um, she says he has a lots of clients on, that are waiting for his assassin business. Sabertooth takes a bath. And tells Bertie to use her mental powers on Sam freshly found new memories. So he got some memories from that whole Weapon X story as well from Cyborg. Um, and she gives memories form. That's part of her mental powers, her telepathic powers. And pulls out a child creed with metal mitts and a muzzle. She comforts him because he's been abused and hurt. The uh, current Sabretooth wakes up and gets jealous of the attention that his childhood memory is getting from Birdie, so he knocks Bertie out, uh, canceling the illusion as she falls unconscious. Uh, later that night, Birdie, uh sneaks downstairs and disarms the security system to allow an armed attack team entry. When heightened senses, duh, uh, Sabretooth wakes up. Uh, he begins cutting through the assailant's and rearms the security, including a whole bunch of deadly booby traps, like Home Alone style, but but deadly. <laughs> uh, but with um, with the combo of gas, tasers, tranks, and a still net, the team finally subdues Sabretooth as he spits venom and threats at Birdie. Sabretooth wakes up from a night mayor of uh, parental figures who have him chained in a basement and pull out his fangs with pliers. He's bound to an X-table. He's been surgically upgraded by Dr. Mabu, or Mabuse. It's abuse, but with an M in front. (laughs) Kind of clever, kind of silly. Anyway, so he can do a special hit for the armored figure Tribune. To ensure his cooperation, he also has a remote control bomb in his heart, a la Suicide Squad, but in the heart instead of the brain, and he finds out his target is Mystique. There's quite a bit in this issue. Um, first of all, some of the art. So the art is it's loose and messy, but mostly good. Um, now, text continues to extend... Sabretooth's claws in this issue, um, that's the first double-page spread after the title page. So we see him get dropped off in the mansion, and then where the title "Home is the Hunter," uh, we have a double-page spread of Sabretooth in a black night being attacked by all the ninjas, and his claws are getting pretty long at this point. Um, now it's a good picture though. I mean, it's great. Uh, then there's some awkward art where Sabretooth's hair looks weird as he's fighting, and all of a it's like a buzz cut, kind of, or like an old, I don't know, just old man blonde hair. Um, that's not great, but, um, but yeah, and this machine gun like, just drops this pile of shells. It reminds me of uh, all the bullet shells on the Punisher Warzone number 1 die cut cover, where there's just this pile of bullet casings. Um... Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty good artistic highlights. Sabertooth walks through a, a hallway where he... It actually, looks like Wolverine Claws, because it's three slashes, but he slashed his way through several portraits and paintings, including one of Silver Fox, and he says, you know, you need to put one up of her Hydra, you know, Madame Hydra uniform. And, of course, he's smoking in the bathtub, because um, it's the 90s, so all our badass characters smoke all the time, like Wolverine, Gambit, and Sabretooth. Um... So Bernie's power is pretty cool. Uh, it kind of gets tweaked a little bit as we go, but um, basically she she knocks Sabertooth out and pulls out memories, and they they her the memories get like almost a physical presence. It may be holographic, but Bernie seems to interact with the memory. Like the memory kind of comes to life in the room, but it's in real time too. And of course the kid Green is pretty nasty. Um, he tears off his casings, but he's also obviously very hurt and um, is comforted by Bernie and, and gives her a hug and goes you know, looking for that comfort. And of course Sabertree doesn't like that. Uh, and then we have another hallway where he goes up the stairs and we have a, uh, trophies on the wall. It looks like a couple of wild boars and, and then two fists holding an axe, which we'll come back to that. But there's also, like, giraffes and wild cats and stuff. Um, Of course, for some reason, uh, Bernie, when she's thinking downstairs to let these guys into the house, is in a small green towel. That's all she's wearing, which... Thank thank you, 90s comics. (laughs) But these guys have huge-ass guns, and they they bust in, and Sabretooth, of course, wakes up. And we have a couple of pretty good scenes of him and his costume, and his claws get even longer than the first scene. So they keep getting longer. Now, in my head, I I remember him kind of getting upgraded, and I just assumed that the extended claws, because at some point his claws actually become like, um, either adamantium or, uh, car... carbon... carbonanium or whatever it is, the the metal that Dokken has on his claws. Um... that's that's down the line i was wondering if maybe this was the start of that or or you know whatever but this is all before he gets the upgrades so i don't know but it's almost like he can extend his claws like kind of like in the movie right where his his claws are not always out he kind of pops them kind of like wolverine does where they come out of his fingernails and his fingernails grow into long claws but these are significantly longer than even that um we haven't really seen that yet. Like, him kind of popping the claws like an actual cat. Um, Yeah, they're pretty... almost like Lady Deathstrike long in a couple of these panels. Um, Yeah, and then, of course, obviously he was terribly treated as a kid. This doesn't quite match up to Origins 2, which... Because it just looks a little more modern with him as a kid with his parents. And... You know, we know later that St. Patrick was, you know, older with Wolverine in the olden days. Um, so to find him as a child, I mean, it's not it's not given a specific time, but just kind of the dress of the characters and, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how much pliers have evolved over the years. Maybe they've always looked the same forever and ever. You know, even back then, I don't know when they kind of started looking modern. So I, I don't know, maybe... I Maybe mean, it's a nondescript age, and I'm just applying an age to it. But it definitely it feels like it's not in the super past. So having Sabretooth as a kid in a more recent past could be problematic. You almost have to say it's, it's older than it looks. we um, we meet this trivia guy who just was like a character out of Robotech. And Sabretooth's all stitched up. He's got stitchings all over his body. He's, of course, on the X-Table. He's wearing nothing but some Sabretooth-colored... Uh, bikini briefs, and yeah, I mean, he finds out he's going to hunt down Mystique with any promises after he gets Mystique. He's going to come after Tribune, Um and so there you go. Now, one thing to talk about kind of the plot, so obviously besides Hama, um, giving some depth to the character and adding some elements of his background and origin, he also, I don't know if it's an intentional, like, Taking his ball back, <laughs> but he kind of connects this to almost being immediately after Wolverine sixty four. Which remember we've had a couple of Sabertooth appearances since then, like the designer jeans, and and a couple other stories where Sabertooth pops up. And I kind of have the question. I thought he. Well, I thought maybe he had died in Wolverine 64, where he gets kind of ingested into that tree or whatever. Well, it turns out he was in a plant pod, and Hema answers the question here, but it also kind of makes it sound like. I mean, you could argue, right? Um. He got out of the plant pod and went and did a couple other missions, and then came back home. Um, but the the fact that he's with Pharaoh, cyborg, and cyborg drops him off at his house and bernie asks him where he's been and he says i was in a plant pod would you believe it or not Which is kind of a funny line um it really kind of feels like he hasn't been out of that pod for very long and he's still with the person that put him there you know pharaoh so i i don't know if ham is intentionally saying ignore those other saber stories this is the one that matters because you can follow a pretty direct line from most of Sabertooth's appearances up to where he starts interacting with the X-Men and fighting Wolverine and then most of his Wolverine stories up through Wolverine 64 and then to this miniseries and then to where he's going to go next at the X-Mansion which we'll be covering soon-ish it's not that far away but um yeah, there's not as much room for some of these extra side stories. So, I don't know if Hammond did that intentionally, like saying, just forget these other stories, and this is the one that matters, or he just wanted to connect his thread that he was doing with Sabretooth and kind of not giving mind one way or another to the other stories. But it definitely answers my question, at least from Hammond's intent. Um, he didn't die, but he was swallowed by the plant and kind of lived in that little plant bod that was crushed, and is somehow pulled back out by Pharaoh later, and then, you know, Pharaoh just takes him home, and that's the end of that, and we move on with Sabertooth's story. So, that's the trajectory that seems to kind of make the most logical sense, and it's definitely what Hamlet is following. So, um, yeah, I think a pretty good start to, this, to the miniseries. Um, there's definitely some 90s element. The art's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And I'll wait and grain all these together. So we're going to move on to Sabretooth number two. And let me see if there's any creative differences before we talk about the cover. Um, Yeah, Marie Javis does the colors. And Michael Bear does an art assist. Otherwise, it's the same. And our cover is another kind of painted looking cover. And it's Sabretooth coming out as a black background. Sabretooth coming out of the background, lunging at Mystique in the foreground, who has a candle and a glass of wine, and Sabretooth is lunging with these claws that are like at least a foot long. <laughs> and they're dark and black. And so, I posted this picture with a Twitter survey, and you are not get a whole lot of responses, but... The majority are in favor of shorter claws that require a more personal touch and not as in favor of the super long claws. I did not ask about whether they come in and out, but at least on the size, it seems that most people kind of prefer a little bit shorter claws and not necessarily Texas exaggeration here. But anyway, in issue number two. Um, oh, by the way, my. Also preference, since I mentioned the survey results, I also prefer the shorter claws. I don't mind them being super sharp, like, as they get coated or whatever, or get retconned to be coated. I don't mind that. I just, I don't really like them super long. I don't know why. I just don't, it doesn't, doesn't appeal to me. Um, alright, so anyway, uh, truth returns home to punish Bernie, but she flew the coop. But not quite far enough. Sabretooth catches her stealing one of his favorite convertible sports cars, uh, and she slashed the tires on his other car so he couldn't follow her. But he busts through the wall and grabs a hidden Harley and chases her down. When Bernie reaches a dead end, it's like a, a highway ramp that's not finished, so it just... Uh, 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 from the movie Speed, remember? It's like the, the, the ramp that just kind of drops off because it's not done yet. Uh, Bernie approaches one of those, but... um. She turns around and runs over his motorcycle in a game of chicken. The bike is destroyed, but Sabretooth hangs on to the undercarriage and claws his way into the front seat from the bottom of the car. Um, he feels like she is sufficiently terrified and makes her drive all the way from Vancouver to his Seattle house, which is also a mansion, where Tribune has had mystiques current location, Paris, France, Graffitied on the outside of the house. (laughs) It just says Paris in real big spray paint. (laughs) So off to France we go. I guess they get more info on the way because Sabretooth stalks the rooftops to Mystique's hotel room and she smells familiar but he can't place it. I don't think I realized, I look back and it's true, um, And this is the first on-page meeting that the readers see between Mystique and Sabretooth. Um, We'll find out that they obviously have a past, but this is the first time we've seen them meet. And I guess I forgot that, but it is true. Um, So she disappears into the crowd, Mystique does, and turns into a nun on a train, but Sabretooth has her scent, so we can still track her. Cornered, Mystique turns into Creed's mom, sparking a memory when his dad chained him up and tried to kill him with a He-Man axe. By the way, podcast note, that's the axe we saw last issue on one of the trophies on the wall. So at some point, um, N'Kreen went back and it looks like killed his dad and took his hand in the axe and, and mounted it onto a trophy, which is creepy and <laughs> Nasty and, and fit Sabertooth to a T. Anyway, but yeah, so Sabretooth has his memory when his dad tried to kill him, but his mom protested and got killed instead. And of course, Sabretooth has felt guilt for that for years. Um, so Sabretooth freezes in guilt and then demands to know how Mystique knew about his mom at all, but she hops off the train and takes the elevator up the Eiffel Tower. Sabretooth climbs up the outside of the tower. Um and Mystique says Sandwiches told her all this and a lot of other secrets, inferring that they were lovers in the past before he went into a secret program, which we know as Weapon X, but Mystique does not know that. And they took his memories. So she does know that he has memory loss. But but he told her a lot of stuff before he lost his memories. Um but she has an old teammate up there with him with her, and it is Wolverine. So again, some pretty great art, Uh, a couple of highlights, Uh, Sabretooth kicking in his own door to look for Bernie, um, you know, he hops on a motorcycle, looks pretty great, um, the story moves along pretty well, um, we get to see Sabretooth kind of be Sabretooth, so, so still pretty nasty and not really excusing his behavior, but finding out maybe some of the reasons why. Um... But yeah, the the memory with Sabretooth and his mom uh, definitely kind of creeps him out. There's a lot of Sabretooth jumping out of shadows, which is pretty great. Um, oh, there's a part where uh, Mystique throws wine on Sabretooth and lights him on fire <laughs> before she runs away, so that's pretty cool. Um, and some of the color work is pretty great, like some of the shadow work looks really cool. Um, And Sabretooth, you know, very distraught. And then we see Wolverine. uh, He's in a black suit with his claws out. He's going to let the adamantium do the talking, at least for now. One thing I forgot to mention. So the first couple of issues have pinups. This one has a pinup by Bear, who did the Art Assist. And it's not bad. But the first issue has some really cool pinups. So let me go back to that real fast. It's a really awesome pinup of Sabretooth in mostly black shadow by Travis Charest who will go on to uh do a lot of stuff at Wildstorm, um with Wildcats. This is a Michael Golden one which is not bad. It's a sideways um it's a pinup turned on its side. And it's pretty cool. sabertooth Sabretooth looks pretty great, but we see him lunging at Wolverine and we only see Wolverine's like feet and hands. So I kind of wish we had seen a little bit more of the scene. We're still a pretty decent pinup. So yeah, I think we'll just kinda truck right along. I'm moving a little fast here, but that's okay. Um I mean I guess the mean of issue two is that we find out that he has a past with Mystique, was probably they were probably lovers before he went into Weapon X. He confided in her about several memories and we'll find out some more kind of next issue. Um But um and, you know, in the memory of his parents and his dad accidentally killing his mom. No, I guess accident. They fought quite a bit because, of course, he was very... The dad was very abusive to Sabretooth and thought he was an abomination because of his mutant power. And the mom was like, but he's still our son. And the dad was like, no, he's not. And, you know, so whenever the mom tried to intervene, she always got hurt, and this time she got dead. So, a uh, very unfortunate uh, cycle of abuse there. Um, Alright, so tooth number three. We're going to get some action with Wolverine. Um, I believe... Let's see if there's any... We're back to Steve Bucciolato on the colors. This is a of Light, Sinia of Night, chapter three. On this cover is Wolverine and Sabertooth grappling with each other, both with claws out. And Sabertooth's claws are metal and shining. So I feel like <laughs> the intent was maybe... These are part of the upgrade that the professor of abuse gave saber to, but it's never connected, and we saw them be long before the upgrade, so it's hard to say. They're definitely longer after, like the really exaggerated. So I don't know. I, I don't know for sure. But anyway, they're grappling, and the camera shot is up from below them, so it's like looking up at their faces and arms interlocked with each other. That's not a bad cover. All right. So in this one, um. Atop the Eiffel Tower, Wolverine and Sabretooth have a macho posturing competition. Mystique breaks it up by turning into... Lenny Zauber, a Cold War lover of Creeds. Mystique says, let's have dinner and I'll explain. (laughs) So they go up to the Tower restaurant... Um, Creed had extracted her on a solo mission in Berlin so Team X is in Berlin we've seen a couple of their missions in Berlin but Sabertooth got a side assignment to rescue this Lenny Zauber Um, and after he rescued her they holed up together and got real intimate Uh, so it's possible that Sabertooth is not a lover with Mystique but only with her form as Lenny which makes sense why he recognized her scent but didn't recognize her. Um, So anyway, they got real intimate. Um, Wolverine gets antsy. (laughs) This is a weird scene. And pops his claws, but settles down and uses them as a toothpick instead. Uh, Creed questions Mystique's age, but she explains that, you know, while Wolverine and Sabretooth have a healing factor to keep them young, uh, her constant cellular replication does the same for her. So her natural state, which we assume is the blue state, though... You know, there's several Mystique stories that go into what is her real form. And does she even know anymore? Um, but anyway, um, but all the changing keeps her young. So back in the flashback, Lenny had gone to meet another contact and never returned. Crean saw her body after it was found in the morgue. And Mystique says, that was the real Lenny that you saw. Now what's interesting is the Sabertooth not realized the body smelled different or... And he just attributed that to the fact that it was dead, right? But either way, he thought that he saw Lenny's body. It turns out Lenny died before Mystique took her place, and that's kind of why she took her place. Um, So the real Lenny was dead the whole time, and Sabretooth was uh, in love with Mystique, really, not with Lenny. Oh, and also, Sabretooth knocked Mystique up. She has a son that she gave up, and he's the one that wants them both dead. And it, we get the idea that he is Tribune. So, she knows somehow that he's the one that's put the contract out on Mystique and hired Sabretooth to do it. Uh, Wolverine gets born and snicks off his tuxedo. <laughs> Bernie produces a grenade, but Wolverine uses the end of his claw to replace the pin. Mystique produces a photo of their son, alleging that he is actually Tribune. Wolverine recognizes him as Great and Creed. The grenade drops. Sabretooth and Bernie escape during the explosion. Wolverine leaves Mystique in Paris, dejected. On the flight home, Sabretooth laments and he has to find Tribune since he failed to kill Mystique. Um, and Bernie uses her telepathic powers to see Sabretooth's unconscious memories from when Tribune had him upgraded and surgically altered um, by this she is able to locate his uh, office building in New York City and So that's where they're gonna go so some interesting stuff right um, Mystique and Sabretooth had a baby which we will know is great, great and green the anti-lobbyist who um, we've seen a couple of times at this point in, in X-Men stories. And, yeah, sort of, I think you knew from the last name he was probably related to Sabretooth, but now we also have him connected to Mystique, and we find out that he was born a regular human, and that's partially why Mystique gave him up. Then we know she wasn't necessarily a good mother to her mutant-born children, either of which, but that'll come later. But <laughs> right now, and we know that she had an adopted mother relationship with Rogue, but had given up her human son because he was a human. So that's going to take us to issue four. I mean, I guess so. maybe some highlights of three. You know, there's a, Wolverine is pretty funny in this one because he just keeps getting impatient and violent in his impatience. Um, so, so there's that. Um... But yeah, um, <laughs> the part where's the seat? Oh wait, I'm on the wrong one. That's back in two. Uh, let me go back to number three. Um, sorry guys, got my comic mixed up. I set stuff down, and when I picked it up, I was picking up the wrong stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, saber tooth definitely. Uh, we see him and his team actually form, which is fun with Tex again um, as he pulls Winnie out. Um, Wolverine just keeps getting mad. (laughs) Like, during the story, he's almost like, he's just like, finish the story already, I want to know what's going on. And he pops his claws and he's really impatient, and then he rips off his tuxedo, which he had his full shoulder pads on underneath, which is funny. Um, but yeah, this is a little bit lighter issue, pretty funny issue, we're going to go into number four. So, um, Sabretooth number four. I don't believe we have any any changes necessarily. Let me look and see who the colorist is on this one. Yep, exactly the same. So this is "Sins of the Fathers." Uh, this cover by Tex is a close-up on Sabertooth's face, and really just the right side of his face, growling at the audience. It's pretty great. It looks pretty good. Um, all right, so in this one. Uh, Back in New York, Sabretooth and Birdie steal a bus, like a city bus, and drive into the lobby of Graydon Creed's offices. Sabretooth and Birdie slice and shoot their way, respectively, through an army of ninja, who are also in the the building looking for Mr. Creed. After they knew... They somehow knew that Sabretooth would show up, so they're waiting for him there. Um, in the poor ninja just can't ever get the revenge. Um, in the penthouse, Tribune's secretary apprises him in the situation, so he armors up. Sabretooth has fifteen minutes until his bomb goes off. Because uh, Tribune does not disarm it, because he has no evidence that Mystique is dead. Uh, Tribune alerts his employees to battle stations. ...and promises hazard pay so all the accountants might flip over to their desk and grab machine guns and stuff is funny. Um, to avoid detection, Sabretooth puts Bernie on his back and scales the side of the building on the outside. Um, And at the top, he crashes in, overtakes Tribune, and throws him out the window, in pretty short order. Um, he's anyone to hang on, we see. Tribune is. Uh, Sabretooth grabs Dr. Mabuse and tells him to remove the bomb... Tree then uses his own claws as a scalpel to defend his own chest open so the Dock can reach in and remove the bomb, which he does. They can't disarm it. Only Tribune can do that. So Tree chunks it out the window. Um... As well, sorry. <laughs> Couldn't figure out what I was trying to say there. So he chunks the bomb out the window as well as he did Tribune, so he's throwing all kinds of stuff out the window. It blows up in the air. Tribune crawls back in and tries to hit Sabretooth, but kills the doctor with his gun. Our energy blast. Uh, Sabretooth grabs Tribune and cuts his helmet off to see his son, Graydon Creed, an anti-mutant lobbyist. Graydon hates mutants because his parents abandoned him as a normal human. Uh, Sabretooth is about to kill him, but he pulls a blade and murders Bernie. Sabretooth now sees the family resemblance, since Graydon is nasty and violent and only killed her to hurt him, so he lets him leave and walks out. Uh, But Bernie was helping him with his memories, so he'll need a new telepathic assist. And he knows the guy, but isn't sure that he can convince them to help him. (laughs) All right. And the art is still pretty good again it's, it's messy and sketchy but look good for the most part and there's a couple of really cool scenes where he's cutting through the ninja um in the lobby and there's three horizontal panels of the bus busting through a red shadow scene of am cutting them up and birdie shooting with blue action lines behind her it's pretty great um and so yeah he goes in the ninja he fights his son I think it's interesting that when he first comes in, he's not, like, arguing with his son or anything. He just he beats him up and throws him out the window without him really even acknowledging that it's his son, right? Um, he just kind of, like, you messed this up, and he, he throws him out the window in anger. Now, when he comes back, and he's like, okay, let's see what we got here. He uses his claws like a can opener. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's pretty great. But then, um, after cream shoots... So, actually, it's a pretty cool scene. So, Sabertooth, the Doctor takes the bomb out, and Sabretooth sees the reflection in his eyes of Tribune crawling back up the window. And so, he spins around and turns the Doctor... puts the Doctor between him and his son, which is why uh, Tribune kills the Doctor by shooting him up several times. Um, and bang, bang, he's dead. And so, there's that... But then Sabertooth decides, well, I guess I'll find out what's going on. He has another flashback with Mystique. Um, of Graydon, as a kid, like, peeping through the door hole, I don't know what he's supposed to be seeing. If he just sees his mom turn blue, or she's, like, doing it with somebody, I have no idea. But it, it definitely um, um, scarred his psyche. But he had escaped from uh, his orphanage to find his mom and then when he finds her finds out she's a mutant and so that scarred him for life um, Tooth has him held up and looks at him face to face he pops a knife out of his wrist and, and kills Bernie and Sabretooth like huh well we must be related because you're as nasty and mean as I am and you did that just to spite me and then having Time just kind of throws in some connective tissue to get from this miniseries to where Sabretooth will go next. Um, so without Bernie's kind of psychic influence to calm him down and help him sort through his memories, he's going to need some help. But he, he's going to need help from an enemy. And so... Wow, yeah. Like what's he going to do? Of course, he's going to go try to get help from Xavier. So he's going to go to the mansion, which you know, he's not going to be welcome there, at least that's the thought, so, you know, we're setting up an interesting story beat for the next time we'll see Sabertooth, and how will he get to the mansion, how will he be received, and they don't spell out that it's a savior, but he, and I guess the other option could be he, he could go back to Pharaoh, maybe, who dropped him off at the beginning of the story, maybe he's like, I need that guy again, and I guess it doesn't, Maybe, maybe what I know is flavoring it a little bit. But also, I mean, Xavier's the, the most known mutant telepath on the planet. So when he says he needs help with that and then says, you know, he probably won't be welcome. I think it's pretty clear, even not knowing what the future holds, that it's probably going to be Xavier. So I think you kind of can make that assumption. So the series overall, I like that he leaves Creed... Started Graydon alive, and he kind of says, you, just, you can live with your own own mistakes or whatever. Like, I got the bomb out. I didn't kill your mom. I'm not going to be your dad. <laughs> There's no even a attempt to reconcile the relationship or say, oh, the son I never had, let's hug. No, he treats him as an enemy from the get-go um, because of what he did to him, right? Uh, altering him in some un- specified way <laughs> it almost has to be the clause right i just wish they would have mentioned it it said oh we altered you we gave you improvements like extend a clause but no it just never really you're left to read between the lines there which is not a bad approach necessarily but anyway but yeah i mean i think i think what it does besides getting some just more big text art which is always fun um We see that Queen is still an assassin, which kind of connects back to his first appearances. Um, And we'll open up some other opportunities for some of the stuff he's done in his past. Um, And we get some human elements to his background, but it doesn't change him. So while it maybe garners some sympathy, he's still just a nasty bastard. (laughs) So you don't feel too sorry for him. And, at the end of the day, like, he doesn't really seem too fussed that his assistant that he's been working with is killed. Of course, obviously, she betrayed him, so there's that. But also, he just kind of moves right on. Like, oh, I was using her. I can't use her anymore. I need to replace her or replace what she gave me. Like, what can I get out of this relationship? And he kind of used her the whole way. So, again, not a sympathetic character. Um... In Sabretooth. That's not what this story sets out to accomplish, and it's not what it does. But it does give him some more background, some motivation, maybe some reasons why he's so nasty. But it doesn't excuse them or change them in any way. I know, you know, over over time, Sabretooth will eventually be more of a gray character, Um, almost as much anti hero at times as villain. This doesn't do anything, to, even though the story's about him, it focuses on him, and he's the main character. It doesn't really do anything to de-villainize him yet. Um, you will know, we'll see how that proceeds in the upcoming X-Men stories. But as of now, you know, he's still just a nasty bad guy who happens to have had an abused past. And happens to have had a relationship with Mystique, which I look forward to seeing that explored. Um, and I also look forward to seeing what Graydon does next, right? I don't really remember where he shows up um, in the political story of the X-Men uh, coming up. So definitely be interested to track that. Um, all in all, a really good miniseries, I thought. Um, you know, I like filling in some memory holes. I like seeing some flashbacks. Uh, if anything, making it a saber truth book, Wolverine was kind of weird in it. It's it's just weird how impetuous he was, (laughs) so that's kind of odd. But um, yeah, I think overall I definitely enjoyed it. It There's some good action, um, some good mystique, to the story, Um, you know, finding out about his son. There's all these elements. I, I you know I don't know I don't know if there's a whole lot else to say. It's not like it doesn't change Sabretooth's world. I think it accomplishes giving him some history and then kind of moving him to the next phase of his career. And it's weird. Y'all use Birdie. Not only does Sabretooth use her, but Hama also kind of uses her as less of a character and more of a vehicle to move him from his past to his future um, to kind of help him along the way. So in that respect, <laughs> poor Birdie doesn't really have much characterization of her own or really any agency she's kind of a flimsy female character that really deserves this plot and that's kind of unfortunate but i don't know maybe y'all disagree i mean we definitely saw some of her personality she uh tried to escape Sabretooth and stole the card and and she definitely she definitely held her own right in the fight scenes um like with the ninjas both times she just shoots the hell out as a ninja. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, I don't think she's necessarily a weak character, but she's definitely somewhat of a plot device, it seems like. But that's a little unfortunate. But Mystique, we see, you know, her get to do stuff. Of course, right now, she is in somewhat good graces with the X-Men, or at least with some of them. Uh, Forge had gone off with her. And so when Wolverine sees her at this point, He's willing to help her. But you always get the sense even then that he's willing to help her because maybe he knew or they knew Sabretooth would be along. It's interesting that Wolverine let Sabretooth go. Again, Wolverine's odd. His appearance in this issue is kind of odd. um, Or this series, series, Because, yes, the explosion, Sabretooth and Bertie escape. But Wolverine's always content to just say, okay, I'm going to go back home. I mean, Mystique, you, you pick up the, the pieces of your drama here. I'm not really going to help you anymore. I'm also not going to track down Sabretooth. They're, they're in the wind. Whatever. We'll meet when we meet. And, of course, you know, Wolverine's about to go through some pretty significant trauma of his own, which we'll talk about very, very soon on our ninth anniversary cast special. But, um, I mean, all in all, I guess what I'm getting to is, is a pretty good miniseries. Now I'm going to give Sabretooth 1 through 4, Sabretooth Death Hunt. I accidentally muted there, so I'm not sure if I got uh, my grade out. But anyway, Sabretooth Death Hunt 1 through 4, 5 out of 6 claws. I enjoyed it. It's not super awesome or super important, but it was a lot of fun. And really, probably your enjoyment of this miniseries will depend a lot on what you think of Martishira. If you're a big fan of Big Tech's art, then you probably enjoyed it. If you're not, like remember uh, when Pat was on, uh, Pat did not really love his art. So, you may not enjoy this series as much, Pat. uh, Because this definitely Tech's to the max. With all his stylistic foibles included. So, how you feel about his art will probably have a large impact on how you feel about this series. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Five out of six claws. So, what's coming up next? Well... You know, kind of coinciding with this, hopefully, maybe not, will be the Gambit miniseries coverage, and then right on the heels of that will be the anniversary special, Fatal Attraction's, and then um, very soon we think it's the that tr- will start the trial of Magneto So that's what's all coming up next. So um, hope you enjoy it. Uh, as always, for the podcast that goes knit, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SNITCast. Show notes and stuff are snickcast.podbean.com. Uh, and everyone, please out there, listeners, stay well, stay safe, and as you know, always until next time, hugs and snicks. Bye bye and snacked.